Why are there so many chicken and egg jokes in this episode? What the fuck is happening with the writing of this stuff, show? Yo. And then chicken yolks. Waka waka. And then you see TJ's cock. <laughs> that joke was excellent. <laughs> really cracked for a gut. <laughs> Good audience Pudding. tonight. Pudding. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to S1E1, the show where each week we pick a different sitcom, watch just the first televised episode, and forgetting anything we might know about the feature run of that show, rate it and decide if it's a show we want to greenlight or cancel. This week we're going to be talking about Free Spirit. Free Spirit went 14 episodes with only one season on ABC. Today we're talking about episode one, which was called Pilot, originally airing September 22nd, 1989. So to get things started, I'm Jay Gags, with me as always... The boys, Nick Berg, Joe and Guado. What's going on, guys? Hey, yo. Hello. Find out whoever picked this show. I'm gonna turn them into a fucking croissant. Holy guacamole, Batman! <laughs> Is this not a good TV show? You guys didn't all grow up watching Free Spirit. I'm angry that a show called Free Spirit is about a witch and not a ghost, like I was led to believe. That right? Was, it it, it is an point. interesting play. Uh, I thought onward. it was a show about um. People who went to a liquor store and got free nips. That would have been infinitely more <laughs> interesting. Would have also, I'd also like to say this up front because when this happens, I like to say it up front because if anybody from the show is ever going to listen to it, they're going to hear the first couple minutes. I don't think, for the most part, this cast is – it's just bad. Everybody who's in this has done interesting no, things. They do a good job with what they have. I, yeah. I, it's yeah. just that this show is fucking garbage. We get the little kid who's the good guy doll from Chucky. Yeah. You've got Bobcat Goldthwait's love interest from Citizens on Patrol, my maybe third favorite Police Academy movie. Oh, what ranking? What an honor to be your third favorite Police Academy movie. <laughs> well, you know what? My Dude, favorite. Dude, there's Police seven Academy. of them. That's like actually a pretty high bar. That's no, actually, that's my second favorite. First one's my favorite, Citizens on Patrol number two. I go two, one, Citizens on Patrol. So yeah, um, and first off, I want to welcome everyone. It's our third annual unnamed Halloween spooky, spooky dookie, dookie spectacular extravaganza. Um, yeah, so each week in the month of October, we release a different supernatural Halloween-ish kind of related show. Uh, we've done it uh, for three years now. So this is year three. We've already done two. We have one more next week. We found this show just kind of searching. Obviously, there's only so many shows that even kind of fit this theme that you can do for Halloween month. So here's Free Spirit, a show that I don't think any of us have heard of up until us now recording a show nope. about it. Can I say that I thought this was one of those like newer ABC shows, so I was expecting like a modern... I was too. I didn't think this was going to be from what, 1989? 1989. Yeah. On TGIF, this was part of the TGIF lineup. Boys. I was four. <laughs> Just proof that they don't always hit home runs. Oh, there's a the lot family. of bad shows on TGIF. Yeah, we were I actually the good didn't ones, know TGIF was... went back that far. When yeah, when did too. TGIF start? I, I think know that maybe the first at least eighty nine. <laughs> yeah, I'm not yeah. sure. It's one of those things where TGIF has had so many monster hit shows that have like stayed on that lineup for years and years that you kind of forget that a lot of weird ones kind of 
would poke their head in and get canceled and they'd like on. aliens in the family <laughs> wasn't um teen angel another one which i think tgif uh, did start september 22nd 1989 so this was day one this was day one tgif yeah they were like guys we're Holy gonna shit. make people want to stay in on friday nights typically the most fun night to go out of the whole week what do you think will keep their attention i know free fucking spirit how fucking dare you <laughs> To be fair, Gordo, careful. I don't see your chicken arms in this scene. Keep your arms down. Chickens don't have arms. No, they got wings. Uh, to be fair, it's the 80s. Barely. <laughs> Barely the 80s. Almost the 90s. What are you really going to do on a Friday night? You're going to order pizza, come in, and watch this new block of television. Gordo, I think you have it mixed up. Back then, people went out. It's now yeah. that everyone stays in all the time. Back yep. then, people did things. Yeah, Friday, but, but, you would have gone out for dinner or met your friends or gone to a concert or something. You do some cocaine. Get in trouble. Yeah. Go uh, to the roller derby. Back in the good old days when you could do cocaine. I am so <laughs> mad for the youth of America right now that cocaine is terrifying. Yeah, they, they, these kids really drug. got fucked over, huh? Not being able to do as much cocaine as the old generations. Look, I'm not saying cocaine's like a wonder drug or anything, but cocaine was fun back then. It's not fun anymore. Now it's terrifying. That shit not sucks. to say, not to say that this show is good in any way, but its competition on the TGIF run on or the TGIF lineup rather was pretty uh, big. So it went up against. Full House, Family Matters, and Perfect Strangers. Wait, it, not competition, teammates. It's They were just the weak person yeah. on the team. Tell the show that also, that. That makes the yeah. most sense of all, too, because the dad in this show, clearly they took him aside, maybe after some beautiful 1989 cocaine, and were like, I want you to just pretend you're Danny Tanner. Just no, but like a hip one. that you're Danny right? Tanner... You've, you're kind of sad, the wife is gone, the kids are this and that, maybe a girl comes in. He is playing it... This is an actor who has done good things, and he's literally playing it like a fucking Bobo second-rate Danny Tanner. It is not Since good. Since you brought looks... it up, do we know what happened to the white? Did she die, or did she just walk out on her family? Divorced. Divorced. <laughs> it's 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 because they, they act like she's dead. They certainly. You no, know, he makes a comment like about dead. it early, like kind of like in the middle, but they for, do kind of play it. Forever doesn't mean the same thing it used to, but yeah. I the way they react, the way that she's not around, it just seems like she's dead. Or she was at least originally written to be dead, and then they're like, no, yeah. too much divorce. And they were like, that's way too close to Full House, so maybe we should change this. Just make Can I also runaway. say that the dad looks like Danny Tanner? Well, he's tall. Bit. I, mean, I that's what got I'm saying. Yeah, thing. he's he looks like him. He's acting like him. I definitely got that vibe. Yep. If he was wearing the San Francisco Giants baseball jacket in this episode instead of that really cool leather jacket he puts on to go see Pond Scum, he would have <laughs> just been Danny Tanner. He's the like mom. We want Danny Tanner. We have Danny Tanner at home. <laughs> Danny Tanner at home. Like, I would watch TGIF. We have TGIF at home. <laughs> I don't know if you guys mentioned this because I was reading, so I might have missed it. But this only aired on TGIF once. Yeah, yeah, it got immediately moved to the death spot of Sundays. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm hearing Aliens in the Family did better than this show on TGIF. Was it only for one week? Because I'd read otherwise. I saw that it lasted on TGIF for longer than that. No, if you look at the Wikipedia, it says uh, Free Spirit premiered as a preview broadcast on September 22nd, 1989 at 930 uh, on the first night in which ABC's Friday lineup used the now popular TGIF format. On September 24th, two days later, 
the series moved into its regular time slot of Sunday at 8, 7 Central, airing between two other freshman series, Life Goes On and Homeroom. You know what? Then I I refuse to give this TGIF credit then. It was just a preview. It's even funnier. That means people had to watch two episodes of this show three days apart from each other. <laughs> poor soul. Life Goes On, the 60s dra- uh, the drama about the family with Corky? That with seems corgi? like not the thing. Yeah, isn't that uh, the show Life right Goes here. On? It is an American drama television series that aired on ABC. Um, it centers around the Thatcher family living in suburban Chicago. Um, they have oh a son who's got like God. mentally challenged yes. son or whatever, quirky. Yeah, yes. but like that's like a serious show. And then they're like, after that, they were like, "And the wacky divorced guys here." Like this is terrible uh, <laughs> positioning of TV shows. Yeah, you know what didn't help the show too? Uh, as I did a little bit of homework on it, so a few months in, it starts in September, so it gets moved to Sundays. Now, a couple months into the show's run, Direct Competition, a brand new show debuts on Fox, going head-to-head with it at the same time. You might have heard of it. Still airs today, called The Simpsons. Wow. Well, is that really Ooh. Direct Competition? It is when it's on at the same exact time. Yes, it gonna... is, yeah. But, I mean, are the same people watching both of those things is what I mean. Well, they're both comedies, so... Right, they're so. different demographics. Not mm. that different. I, th- I think not season one Simpsons, though. Season one Simpsons is pretty tame and pretty, like, middle of the road. But here's proof. I watched The Simpsons. I did not watch this, but I watched TGIF. So clearly The Simpsons won over this show. Say also, uh, funny tidbit. Well, they said the show that ends up replacing it. So there was 14 episodes got made of this show. 13 actually made it to air. They canceled it without airing the 14. It's out there somewhere, though, baby. I want to see it. Yeah, there was an in- unaired pilot, right? No, no, no! Something on the no, back. No, no, there is on air pilot. No, there is an on air oh, pilot. Oh, there's an on air pilot. Yeah. With a different dad, now. and the dad is Brock from Reba, and I'm so mad we don't live in the world where I get to see Brock beat from Reba be the fucking dad in this show. Okay, no, so this I think... is legitimately a wannabe Full House because they have an on air pilot yes. with a different Danny. <laughs> yeah, God true. damn it! That's true. <laughs> so the show that ends up getting uh, put in the slot to replace this on its Sunday time slot. Also still running, well, as of, I don't know, maybe done now. I'm not sure at this point, actually. America's Funniest Home Videos replaces it. Oh, wow. With, with Danny Tanner. With Danny Tanner. Tanner. Yeah. <laughs> this is a very Bob Saget. Uh... R.I.P. Yeah. But yeah, Free Spirit, again, it, it's a show that I don't, it's just one of those forgotten shows. And I do like covering things like this, especially standard, classic, kind of late 80s, early 90s sitcom. Right in that wheelhouse, shot the same, kind of has that vibe, so it's fun to watch it, not knowing anything about it. This is one of those few times we could watch a show that none of us have ever seen or watched before, like, knew anything about, so it's always kind of good to go in, like, fresh like that. Everybody came into this fresh, which is interesting. Yeah, so IMDb has this clocked in at a 6.5 on the series. Rotten Tomatoes has nothing on either side. 6.5? what? That is egregious. People, again, though, it's it's always tough. I always like to go over the numbers just for the sake of giving the numbers. But remember, you're talking about a show that had a non-existent run in the late, late 80s. The only people that are going on IMDb and, like, rating it, like, it, it's such a finite group of people. It's not like... Does it say how many people graded it? I could not. go back and look. Uh, I'm, I will assume it's not many. <laughs> it's got to be four. Like, <laughs> you say IMDb or Rotten Tomato? IMDb. IMDb. Rotten Tomatoes has nothing. And I also want to quickly remind everyone, go to s1e1pod.com if you don't already have a subscriber and everything. Wherever you listen to your podcast, wherever you're listening to us right now, make sure you subscribe. But also that will give you all the links to our social medias. S1e1pod on Instagram. It's actually 150. Wow. 
and also X, now known as Twitter. Uh, so go ahead and listen to that and uh, not listen to that, but go and follow us there. Uh, interact with us. Follow us on our social medias. In any event, we might as well get into the episode itself. There's only so many fun facts we can get into with this show that has very little information on it. Starts with the intro. Ferg, I assume you must have liked the intro, right? I actually really did like the intro. And then I was excited reading all the names because they're all on other stuff. So classic late 80s, early 90s sitcom song. You have the song. You have like the, the clips of everybody on the show. Song written by the people who wrote the theme song for Growing Pains. I can tell. This is composed by tell, David yeah. Michael Frank, also, who did the theme in all the composing for such films as Steven Seagal's Out for Justice and Suburban Commando, uh, Code of <laughs> the Honor. Greatest movies of all yeah. time, Suburban this Commando. This guy has an amazing uh, discography, and I was very happy to see the song works, but the I don't I don't think the visuals work. The, yeah, this made uh, a great first impression on me, and then I know. Downhill from there. I don't have the best ear for, you know, instruments, but I'm pretty sure it's very clarinet heavy. I think there's, again, I I don't remember enough because I watched it once today and then, you know, I poured hops and barley in my brain so I could try to forget the show (laughs) a little bit. But I think I remember clarinet. And um, Gordon, do you want to sing the theme? Free spirit. Nope. Okay. (laughs) Which is coming in my window. They're doing what? (laughs) <laughs> also, I don't know if you watched this because the witch did not come in the window. The witch very clearly came in through the like roof. Like a tornado <laughs> should have been through my window. Free spirit. Close. Uh, there's your clip close. for Instagram, Jay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, the song doesn't uh, actually sound like that. But, uh, again, classic kind of sitcom intro. So, I-, I did like seeing that. I was like, okay. And I'll be honest. I went into this one thinking, like, I'm going to like this show. I don't know why. I was like, this looks like this is going to be a diamond in the rough. We found, like, a little gem here. But we find out real soon after that's not the case. What I do like about this, though, is in the theme song, they're going through everything. And it's like, and then, like, Frank Lutz as, like, TJ or whatever. And then it just cuts. He's like. He hit his like, microphone. When they do that, <laughs> they, they, like, fumble something and then stop. And they stare at the camera. It's so perfectly, like, freeze frame 80s. And that made me very happy as we are going into this, but I enjoyed that a lot more than the rest of the show, I think. I thought what was cool is this This has a young Allison Hannigan in it, and she is in this witch show, and she plays a witch on Buffy many years later. Uh, For a lot of years, too. That, that TV show Buffy, that was not good, unlike the movie Buffy, that was great. I like both. You don't have to choose one or the other. You know, I'll give you credit for that, because I appreciate that, and I'm giving you're right, you Fern, that. Just like wrestling. No, you must choose. Right? Don't do it. <laughs> you, you must pick an acronym. Um, <laughs> but most people, most people only like one buff or the other and fight about it. So I appreciate that Ferg can appreciate both. I when I first dirty. found out about this show and I'm looking it up and like because I think I'm the one who I think I'm the one who found it. And like said, we should probably do this for the Halloween month. When I saw she was in it and this was like a like she was like a main. I was like, what? Like how do these shows even exist and not be like? If one person from a show like this breaks out later in life, you think the show would be more known based on that alone. We can't watch it, but do we assume that the 14th unaired episode is the one where she's getting ready to go to band camp and the witch is like, let me show you something that you can do when you're over there that'll make all the other kids really into you. Here's this chicken. (laughs) There goes Joe again. The uh, the underage weird shit. Hey, I didn't say anything. Your mind is leading you to something I did not say. Okay. Yeah, maybe she just taught her to play the clarinet. 
See, she only has two other acting credits before this too. I thought you meant in general. I was like, are you sure about that? She's been working pretty steadily for a long time. You sure about that? So, all right. So in the first scene, we meet the father, uh, TJ, but throughout this episode, we kind of know more as Thomas. He's an attorney and he he practices out of his house, which kind of gave me, it's funny, the themes, the same people who did Growing Pains theme, Growing Pains-esque where he's like, you know, he does his like, he has his private practice, not as an attorney, but you know. Mr. Seaver does the same thing in his house and he's with his client and he's in the middle of like, he's like promising how his, he's going to be better than the last attorney this guy had. He's going to keep him involved in every decision that happens. Doorbell rings. And he's like, should you get that? Or do you want me to get that? And I thought it was actually like a funny little intro joke. That's a quick little good I didn't joke. Hate it's not it, bad. Yeah. And then he goes to get the door and he tells his client that um, they're currently between housekeepers. It's probably someone just not, you know, putting in for that job. And then when, um, the door opens. It's just some young girl who's there to talk shit. <laughs> like, yeah, it's really a nine-year-old really who's there weird. to talk bowling shit. It's very strange. <laughs> so apparently this little girl is, is going to be going up against Thomas's youngest son in some upcoming bowling tournament and just wanted to let him know that he's toast. <laughs> it's like, what an effort to like... <laughs> What, did well, you, you get dropped off by your parents? Like, we can you see her, like, Terminator walking? Later. Yeah, <laughs> like, but... So she either got dropped off, or she walked all the way over there just to be like, <laughs> tell Gene he's going down. Well, to be fair, there was no social media back then. But there are telephones. You call from your house, like, is Gene there? You're going down, Gene. Click. How do you... But how do you look up a number if you don't know? The phone it? book. Because I don't even think this girl's 10. You can't just be like... My dad gonna walk down the street and tell Gene that I'm gonna kick his ass later this week. Maybe they're also, neighbors. Like, yeah, maybe in the town neighbors, we don't in know. Winthrop, the town we all grew up in, Could there be, was yeah. a Winthrop phone book that had everybody's phone number and address in it, including Seymour Butts. It's true. <laughs> wow, Ferg with that old man butt. laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I Sorry, forgot a about that. Clamped. <sighs> so, um, after this weird interaction with the little girl, he heads into the kitchen because there's like music blaring out of the kitchen. And that's when we meet the oldest kid, Rob. I'll say, like, from what just early impressions of when we meet Rob's character and just him talking and like acting and stuff, I felt like he was like such a good sitcom teenage kid that if he had landed on a different show, could have been like a really big star, but he ended yeah. up on this show. He kind of reminds me of Robbie from Dinosaurs. No. I thought he looked like he was 30. I thought that he was the oldest son in Home Improvement. I can see that. I, def- he has a I obviously, look. I mean, I knew that uh-huh. the time didn't line up because he would have been, he would have been like three. Uh, and then he would have been out. in a car chase scene with the wife from uh, God. What's that terrible show we covered? Dan Wayne's Jr. Happily together. I think so. Something like that. Yeah. Happy Unhappily. together. Happy Unhappily. together. Happy, yeah. happy together. But no, I thought he was like... Fuck that show. I was like, wow. Yeah. And then I looked up his IMDb. He didn't really do much after. And it was like... Just some TV work, yeah. Man, he just got some bad luck. Like, he ended up on the wrong show. And How did everybody did. else on the show go on bigger, better things than this kid did? I would say that happens more times than it doesn't, though. You yeah, know it's surprising that the people in this have... Like, enough people have done interesting things. Think about how many famous people there are and how many of them missed it. You know what I mean? It's It's well, got to be 90 to 10 <laughs> i'm just saying it's seldom you see a show that like sucks where every other person goes on to, to bigger better things well they've all gone on kid. and did some bigger things but i wouldn't say like not a lot of them have like these gigantic mega careers but we're lucky enough to be part of like some big projects yeah and do good work and work for a while yeah, yeah. and while 
dad's arguing with his son over the you know volume of the music that's when the middle child the daughter jesse who that's allison hannigan's character she runs in and she's pissed off because rob apparently told the kids at school that she was born a siamese twin she's like two girls asked to see my scar in gym class of all the weird things you can like spread a rumor about your sister like i just felt like not be- it's, i thought it was funny but it's like not believable to say siamese twin like that because it's pretty dumb because then wouldn't you also tame. have the other twin? Wouldn't they yeah. be in school yeah. with you Where's as well? The because one? they're yeah. the same age. But what if they were yeah, like... Yeah, the twin didn't make it. Yeah, the twin didn't Aww. make it. That's dark. <laughs> I mean... What was the... Who was on South Park had the on the face? Oh, she had the feet... The nurse. She had the yeah. fetus on the side of her bed. I, I don't remember her name. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, anyways, and during all this... This is just kind of the opportunity. The scene is basically the way that we're meeting all the children at once. You like show the kids personality scene. So we get a little bit of the oldest son, then we get the middle daughter, and now the youngest son, Gene, walks in. He's like, Dad, you ready for tonight? And he's like super confused. He's like, Wait, what? It's like, You're gonna teach me how to bowl tonight. And I guess he totally forgot. Which you think though would have triggered his mind when that girl came in talking shit earlier that he would remember the bowling thing. <laughs> but Apparently, that was not enough to flag his memory. Also, they've just moved there, too. So it's not like he knows her and it's like a thing they have. Like, this isn't a Kimmy Gibbler scenario where it's like, oh, that's the neighbor girl that comes over and does stuff. Like, there's a scene here earlier, uh, a little later, rather, where they aren't even fully unpacked yet. Except for Gene's bedroom, which, just like every kid in the 80s inexplicably has in a sitcom, a full functioning traffic light in their room. Because that was a thing that we all missed somehow, but I'm kind of bummed about. But didn't like you want like, one oh. as a kid? Because I wanted one because I used to We're see We're adults. We can yeah. have them now. I mean, like, I will say, if you ever, if you ever like, see one, like, uh, not that we've more talked modern about ones this. that are digital. Yeah, yeah. When you see the real metal ones from like, when we were kids, they're, like, six feet tall. That it's It would be very hard to make that work in your house. What the, but city, as a kid, doesn't, what the city doesn't want to tell you is you can go up and take them. Nothing and apparently that's you. what happened in the 80s with every kid in the world. <laughs> every child. <laughs> so we find out that he can't teach him how to bowl tonight because he has to draft a will, which I thought was a really weird thing to pick for him to have to do tonight. Yeah, any other legal thing. Like, sorry, I have to do something that re- like, is about death in the sitcom in the first few minutes? Like, okay, bud. So this and is then- why I... This is one of the first reasons why I thought the mother was dead. I thought he was drafting his own will because there was no mother anymore and he was dealing with not getting anything. No, I just like, I lost stuff. your mother's Siamese yeah. twin daughter bones and because <laughs> she had no will. <laughs> they went to science. It was Nerf Michael Gollum. Jackson bought them with the elephant man's bones. <laughs> oh, thank you, TJ. I appreciate it. And then it's weird. Jesse's like, oh, don't worry, daddy. Go work on your will. I already started dinner. It's like, what a saint. It just, I don't know. The will... It just made it so weird. I, I just felt like it was the worst thing they could have picked for all the things he does for work. How how do you have to work on a will? Isn't it just like a template? No. It's doesn't very the, confusing. But doesn't like the it's person like an, who's given the shit away work on most of the draft and the, the, the lawyers? I don't know. I don't have one. I yeah, mean, you got to go anything. through it, notarize everything, make sure the wording's exact because then somebody else can scoop in and, and take the stuff. Yeah, like but that's not done family, independently, not right? right? You're not doing Here's that. The, the lawyer's not doing you'd that. Have your law, you'd have your yeah. lawyer do it with you. Here's the thing: the easy will, though. If like, if I was to die tomorrow, right, and my will, like in, in this scenario, right, like my will would just be like, my wife gets everything, right? Like that's super simple. Right? Yeah. But when you're older and you've got multiple kids and dependents, and in his case, if he was working on a will for himself, who are the kids going to go to? But you're adding pages and pages and pages of all this different stuff. 
And I imagine if you're going to have like that sort of thing too, you have to have those people involved and notarized on the will also. So I think if you're a shithead like all of us who doesn't have a lot of stuff or like a big giant circle, it's probably pretty easy. Probably do it Speak for yourself. On I have a lot of stuff. Who's going to get all your stuff, Halloween yeah. decorations? <laughs> <laughs> but again, I think I think with that stuff all the time too. It's like I have a lot of stuff too. It's like and I'm sure some junk company 60 years from now is going to take my life's work and just toss it into a dumpster. Good for you, Joe. Almost 100. Yeah, yeah. I plan on living very long. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I want to go back a little bit. So um, this house, I thought it was really interesting the way his office was set up because it's like when they when you first get into the house, they kind of like panned and it was almost like looked like a stage because off the living room, it's just it faces you. It's so also like it just, raised. So, yeah, it just door. like it pans into his like office, which is like a, like almost looks like it's there for display. I thought it was kind of an interesting setup and weird that they did it that way. With this kind of show, I can't believe there's no alcove. Like when right. they did the tracking shot through the kitchen, I was like, and here's where you see the alcove and his failed alcoholic comedian friend is going to be sleeping in there. <laughs> we don't meet him till later in the season, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Does this kitchen remind anybody else of who's the boss? I don't remember. You know, it's been so long yeah. since I've seen who's the boss. That... I don't really remember it either, but it, I don't know. It was like, it's such a weird rustic kitchen for the house that it's in. And it gave me the vibe of the who's the boss kitchen. I would I, say Growing Pains Kitchen. Yeah. Anyway. It feels smaller than the Growing Pains Kitchen. Yeah, the Growing though. Pains Kitchen is huge. It was massive. They had yep. like that whole, it looked like there was a greenhouse. They had the, gla- the, the greenhouse, yeah. yeah. But other than that, that, the way it was set up with the table and the, the counter all the way to the right. Like, just, I wondered it was... if it was like used at the same time. Do the years line up on that? I, this, I think the Growing Pains have already been going a couple of years at this point. No, who's the boss, I mean. Oh, who's the boss? Uh, that seems about right around this time, yeah. Oh, they needed a housekeeper and they got a witch. Imagine if they got Tony instead. Oh, first Imagine episode of Who's Mona? the Boss was five years earlier. Hey, uh, bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, hi, Tony. <laughs> like, no oh, matter what, uh, that's I his name. Oh, Angela in the shower. Oh. It's me, Tony the Witch. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm going to do a talk show later. It's not going to be very good. Like, oh, I don't know why you're telling me this. Because I'm a witch and I can see the future. <laughs> All right, I'll just tap dance my way out of this one. <laughs> <laughs> so, we cut to a little bit later on in the night now. And we're in Gene's room. And he's, he's sitting there alone. And he looks a little sad. And that's when his older brother walks in. He's like, hey, like, you all right? You know, do you want to talk about it? And he's like, well, what makes you think I have something I need to talk about? And then Rob replies with, I've got lots of homework. Please, it's me, remember? What and does I'm that like, mean? What did that mean? Yeah. <laughs> the, kid, the kid said he had a lot of homework when he's saying it didn't bother him that he yeah, couldn't Yeah, I got pull. this too. The brother was saying he saw through the lie. Who would say that they had homework? Like, that they yeah, were happy. Don't lie to homework. me. I know you're not going to come up here to do homework. You I'm a slacker too. Polling. Yeah. yeah, I just I th- thought the delivery was weird. It didn't really track. No, it, it worked for me. Like I, I, I. Oh, okay. So I see what you're saying. It's a callback to when he, when yeah. the dad said he didn't have time. He mentioned the homework. I didn't know. Uh, yeah. That's his reason apart. for going up into the room and talking to him because yeah. he knows something is off. But the audience laughed, and I was like, I don't get it. I just don't get it. Also, real uh, quick, I know we're gonna get there first, but every time you mention that, the audience laughs. This might be one of the weirdest shows ever to think about watching in the studio audience because so much of it is effects yeah. or things uh, that are yeah. done as trick shots for so long and then like there's again every show there's one guy who's like huh, 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 like really hard <laughs> you're like 
Or, did they give you drinks? <laughs> like, what are you laughing at? You're the one guy who's, like, really into this. You mean to tell me that she didn't really spiral through the ceiling? <laughs> <laughs> well, she, she came to the window. <laughs> so while they're, home soon. while they're having this conversation, and Rob's trying to kind of be there for his younger brother, and he finds out his brother's upset that he's not going to be able to learn bowling in time for this tournament. How do you not know how to fucking bowl? You throw That's a goddamn bowl. <laughs> well, he's young. He's young. Okay. No, like, I, so I, I'm kind of with Gordo here. Like, you're not going to learn how to bowl. Like the night before, you can no like any sport, even bowling. Like you can learn techniques and be better at it. Well, yes, bowl well, sure. But like, hey, here, see these arrows in the middle of the lane? Throw, throw the it. ball at them, and after a few times, you'll get a better hang of it. It's not like I'm going to teach you how to throw a slider. It's still if he's never bowled before, the dad should take him to practice. Then why is he in the finals? Why does he get it? He's like, not in the final. It's a school tournament. Like, it could be the opening round. Get, can I go ahead for, for, like, a second? Can I go to the end of the episode? Or no? Do it. Yeah. Uh, no. I mean, Actually, Gordon, just real quick before you before you do that, I thought you were yelling at Jay and you guys were going to get in a fight. I thought you were like, can I go ahead here? I was like, oh, shit, they're going to get in a yeah, fight. Right yeah, I, yeah, I, thought, I didn't no. think you were talking about the episode at the time. Um, no, no, I'm talking about the episode because... I don't think it's important. <laughs> I'm just saying that the idea that his dad was going to teach him how to do something, whether or not you guys regard bowling as something that needs to be taught, it's one of those, his father was supposed to teach him how to do it. He's nervous about doing this tournament, was relying on his dad to help him. Yeah. His dad's not there for him. Why is he entering a tournament if he does not know how to it bowl? It was a school like thing. It's, Maybe it's required It's like a mandatory thing, it sounds like. Yeah. My issue is not that at all. What I was trying to say is, why did his fucking brother offer to take him bowling that night? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought was coming. And Me too. Didn't. Well, you know why? Because his dad never taught him to bowl either. So <laughs> yeah. you can't pass on what you don't know. Guys, we're talking about children right now, but don't forget that this family has a lot of children, but it's also missing one child. Okay. <laughs> one child is a bowling instructor. We'll, we'll get to that. Well, I don't want to get. Be. I, I don't want to get into the I heavy. I literally yet, threw okay? my hand. Okay. Yeah. Good. <laughs> I'll say this as goofy and stupid as this show is. I love the family's relationship, like the brother checking on the little brother and sitting with him and talking it out with him, and sometimes it's like. Yeah, that was fine. Was I still think warm. that there was an easy resolve if he's like, hey, man, like, come with me. I'll teach you how to bowl. <laughs> I I think that all the actors had kind of pretty good chemistry with one another. They, they did. I, so I have a note at the scene. It's just dog shit writing. I yeah, have the exact bad note. writing. Yep. The, the, word for word, the thing I wrote down was, I actually think both kids are doing a great job in this scene. Like, both are good actors dealing with some iffy dialogue, but they're making it work. Like, that's that was yeah, word for that, word like what I, I wrote the, in the moment. At the I beginning, think, the whole cast did pretty good. I think the only actors that I didn't feel their chemistry was the dad and Winnie. I agree I with about the dad. When he comes in horned up on her later, you're like, if this is uh, yeah, so I definitely want to tackle that when we get to that. But I think it's because they don't know what dynamic they're trying to have between these two. Yeah. But to round out this conversation, this is Gene's very worried because not only is he in this tournament, but he's going to face a girl. He can't lose to a girl. And even the brother's like, oh, no. <laughs> he's like, oh shit, you're gonna lose to a girl, you and fucking pussy. Out, You're like, yeah, oh yeah. man, cool. Chicken wing boy. Can't and that's when we find out, yeah. Girl. She calls him uh, chicken arms. It's like chickens don't have arms. Yeah, then you see my problem. <laughs> Why are there so many chicken and egg jokes in this episode? What the fuck is happening with a lot the writing of, of this stuff, show? Though. And a lot then of chicken yolks. Waka waka. <laughs> and then you see TJ's cock. 
That uh, joke was excellent. <laughs> really <laughs> cracked Ferg up. <laughs> Good audience Pudding. tonight. Pudding. <laughs> As Rob's still there trying to console his brother a little bit and be there for him, he's like, listen, you know, you got my attention. I'm here for you. And that's when it's like, Rob, someone's on the phone for you. I'm talking to my brother. It's Lori. And then he's like, I'll see you later. And he just bom- you know, bombs out, which it fits the bill for a kid that age. Like, sure. it, it's a girl. Jumps. Oh, fuck. And then, he doesn't want to get called chicken wing arms. So now Gene's all alone in his room. And he goes, I just wish someone in this house had time for me. Just for me. And then the thunder goes off and you just see a girl spinning from the sky out of nowhere. <laughs> it's this weird effect. Also, is, is thunder a character in this show that they don't credit in the opening sequence? Because yeah. Is it God? Are we supposed to believe it's God? Thunder is thunder is the unofficial voice of whoever she has to answer to. Yeah, I get the God vibe from it, but it's like, are they witches or are they, they God? Yeah, like, I don't angels? understand. It's, no, it's clearly like, Thor. Yeah. Is it Thor? <laughs> yeah. It's whoever is, uh, yeah, the head of the witches council is apparently uh, talking Samantha. to Samantha. But yeah, so we see this girl come down. Uh, it's like a weird. It's it's a bad effect, but again, it's a it's an eighty nine sitcom. I didn't expect a lot of. Well, at this point, I'm still under the impression she's a ghost. By the way, when I'm watching, me too. It. Yeah, that's yeah. me too. She uh, comes in ghosty. She does. She well, you does. know how witches famously just you know spin into rooms and show and up. Grant wishes. And grant, <laughs> grant wishes. Is she a genie? Is she a ghost? And not is only she that- Shaq. I was going to make a Kazam reference. <laughs> you have to. And she comes in and like the effect is like poo colored. It was a brownish hue until she finally lands. It's an odd hue, I will say. Uh, why is she spinning? Why do we not know who she's talking to? They do seem very unsure of what witches are. So she was spinning because right before the wish, she was stuck in the dryer. You know so, how like uh, they they used to do those test audience things where they have like yes or no like eh, or like ding <laughs> like that's how they used to do shows. I feel like yeah. this started off with like, and then they she says hi God and it was like eh, like this is paganism and I was like then she says hi Thor it's like eh, that's fucking another thing <laughs> yeah. and they're just like fuck it you know what test audiences are screwing us over just don't mention it. Well you know it's you I get the vibe throughout like the whole show but like I feel like they pitched the show as. Okay, she's going to be a witch. And then they never discussed it until they started taping. And they were like, oh, fuck, how does she show up? Uh, she spins in through the ceiling. Uh, what are her powers? Uh, I don't know. She's not really that good at some of them. It just seemed so unprepared for the story. There's that a lot they of started. illogical witchcraft that I want yeah, to tackle like, as we get well, to it, too. I do feel, that, I feel like, like there was a lot of rewrites in this script, too. Yeah. Well, I mean, she says uh, they have to do community service. Like, that sounds like angel shit. Yeah, so basically, weird, yeah. there she's a. We find out, yeah, she's a witch. In every hundred years or so, they have like this, like community service thing they have to do. So basically, when Jean made this wish to have someone there to help him, her number was up, and that's how she magically appears here. Her name is uh, Winnie Goodwin. I was wondering, do you think Goodwin is because it sounds kind of like Goodwitch? Probably no. That's what I thought it would be for. Like, not that it no, was like, isn't that like a famous Salem witch trial witch? Goodwin. Oh, I have no idea. I'm not I literally idea. went to the Salem Witch Trial Museum again for the first time as an adult, like less than a year ago. And all I remember is uh, my brain just thinking of that scene in The Crucible. I was like, she's a whore. I was like, why is that all I can think of? Why is that all I remember for any of this? Also, why does Daniel Day-Lewis not just act? Why does he have to pretend he's whoever he is in these movies? Why is Jean skeptical that she's a witch? despite her appearing out of nowhere from the sky. 
Woman right? spins into your bedroom? Take her word for it, bud. You're not a real witch. What? <laughs> what else does she need to do? Like, And again, more ghost stuff, though. At this time, she goes, did you make a wish as my time was up? Oh, when it was my time? I was like, her time of death. I still was like. I yeah, was... this is death stuff. Well, exactly. no, because then she explains the community service thing. So it was like her number. That, w- like that was after. And Winnie Goodwin is a name that kind of sounds like an angel. I don't know many angels personally, so I, I don't like. So I, I don't I'm have looking like, at four head. of them. She was originally. Oh, re- <laughs> no, I was talking about you. Oh, thank you. I thought it's like, is, is Gabriel oh, there? Fuck, my wings showing again. God damn it. Maybe she was originally an angel named Winnie Good Wings. And then when they made her a witch, they they shortened it. And then she went on to star as the plane in Wings. I was just going to say, she's a good actor. Maybe she should have been on a better show called Good Wings because this is not Good Wings. This is Bad Wings. I know an angel who looks identical to John Travolta. Michael? Uh, His name is Michael. (laughs) Ah, jeez. Ah, jeez. I do like what happens right here. (laughs) She's going to prove that she's a witch, right? So she's like, look, I'll prove it. I'll turn this lamp on. And then she goes and looks at the lamp for a second and then just walks over and flicks it. Did anyone else laugh? I laughed. I thought that's just funny. Okay. I laughed I was at that. so mad at myself for laughing at this, but I genuinely did it laugh. It was charming. You know what I mean? Like, it was I like, laughed it was good for her. because she found it hilarious. Yes. Yeah. Her and laugh. That, yes. that got me. She is great. Also, she's in a bunch of sitcoms that all lasted yeah. one season. Was she, was she Booger's wife in the Revenge of the Nerds? Four? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's where I've seen her before, other than Citizens on Patrol. She's in the best part of Citizens on Patrol, too, where Bobcat Goldthwait's like, nobody understands me! And she's like, well, maybe if you just like speak a little slower, and he's like, I meant personally! <laughs> the funniest, 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 funniest movie. Oh, fuck, I love that movie. Hey, speaking of Bobcat Goldthwait, Jay! What's up? You've had 130-plus episodes to perfect this. I have. Give the people You have perfected it? No, I've had that long to do it, um, but I don't have He that. hasn't had that long because the joke didn't start at episode one, and we just put out 130. Good point, Frank. Maybe a few more months then. Um, <laughs> he finally I mean, you does You can pass believe... the buck all you want. I'll, I know, if I know one thing about Cat Coldplay is he hates when people talk about that stuff to him, and like I would be so bummed if he heard that and didn't like us. I love him so much. I like how in Joe's world, all these celebrities are listening to this show. <laughs> They barely like our tweets. If I thought anybody was listening to this show, I wouldn't have said half the shit I've said on this show. Come on, man. Valid. So the thing that finally makes Jean realize that she's a witch, uh, despite all the other very obvious things she's done, is when she cleans his room for him with, like, the snap of a finger. No, it's when she she makes the lamp explode and catches on fire. No, that didn't really even do it. Like, he didn't say anything until the, the room got cleaned. He did, because then he's hid behind the bed, right? Yeah, he runs yeah, away. he gets scared and runs yeah. away. You can be afraid of an explosion without thinking that she's a witch, though. They use so much flash paper in this episode, it's bananas. <laughs> <laughs> also, how did she survive? She was a witch on fire. Yeah, that's that's usually not good for them. Isn't she dead? I don't know. <laughs> she should be. It's free spirit, and there's no spirits. <laughs> well, anyways. Uh, there was free spirits flowing in the writer's room, and we know that at least. <laughs> Now that he's sold on the idea of her being a witch, she's like, oh, good. Can you teach me how to bowl? Like, and why is her reaction like bowling? 
Like that's like <laughs> she's like disgusted by it. How because she's probably you. used to really selfish, fucked up wishes. And that- also, two, she has to help him with like one thing, and that's what he's wishing for. That's what I'm, it seems like. It seems I'm like going as long with the technicality, do- by the way, is his wish. His actual wish was, I wish there was someone who would always pay attention to me. Not can someone the bowling thing came second. So the actual wish was was that. But she's not a genie, so that's not, so it's not like a technicality. Like that was your wish. Your wish is my command. It's like she was just summoned through that desire. Again, it makes no sense though, because I don't think in the canon of witchery, this is how this works. Right, and again, this show has holes in it. You know, we're talking about a show of bowling ball sized holes. Yeah, it is odd though that she's so anti bowling. Like I don't know why. Just, that's, I didn't like, understand the reaction. She, has, yeah. she like seemed disgusted. Like you bowling, think that's bowling? how Darren. That's how Darren got Samantha. He was like, "I just wish I had someone that I could make out with and fuck all the time." It's like I want to park my car in front of a train and make out with a lady. Ticket, ticket, ticket. All right, <laughs> hell yeah. So, Jean's dad heard all that noise upstairs with, uh, you know, Jean and her talking the whole time, and. While he's heading up there, she kind of um, informs Jean that she's not allowed to tell grown-ups the truth about herself, which seems like a weird witch stipulation. Creepy, weird thing to say. Only kids can know. <laughs> I'm not allowed to tell yeah. grown-ups about me is but the no, exact quote. Even you know, that, what? But, all right, take all the creepy, weird shit aside. It just seems like a very, like, again, this has nothing to do with witchcraft. It's just like, only kids can know. Like, it's this fun thing. Like, I don't... I, I, Again, we're looking for logic where there isn't any. Yeah, it's what just if, weird. What if a parent made the wish? Oh, right? you know yeah. that dad was making wishes. You know the scene in uh, fucking uh, the end of Animal House where like the little kid is Thank reading you, a Playboy. <laughs> yeah, that, that is the dad as an adult of this. Where he's reading, he is reading Hustler right now, asking the god Larry Flint to send him one of his things, and thunder cracks, and this is what he gets. In any event, when he shows up and makes his way into the room, he just instantly just assumes that. She's there in response to the ad for, like, the new housekeeper. He's and not immediately startled by the fact that there is an adult woman in the room with his little kid. <laughs> that, right? that was my thing. It's like, yeah. how long have you been here? Why didn't anyone tell me that you were here? Even it's like, look, she cleaned my room. It's like, so how long was she here for? Was she here for, like, an hour? So I agree with you guys, but the fact that he was expecting a housekeeper, I kind of let it slide. But there's no specific okay. people. It didn't sound like there was like set interviews. It's just I have an ad out, so if the, the doorbell just rings, show it's up at the house whenever they want. Apparently, I mean, Fran Drescher just showed up, and then he she got a job, and they never answered what happened to the original person that was supposed to show up for the job. Well, if you remember though, Fran showed up because she was door to dooring though. No, I know that, but there but was we don't know what happened to somebody the... else. And then in a, the in a slightly right. better nanny show, com- Country Comfort, she got stuck in a rainstorm. <laughs> Ah, uh, thunder. It's thunder outside. That's Mama's thunder. <laughs> the god of witchery, yeah, is center there. <laughs> yeah, there's thunder in both That's episodes. Mama's Wait, is this thunder. a prequel to <laughs> Country Comfort? Maybe she's the dead mom. Oh. Oh, shit. <laughs> we have maybe just merged two very cucka shows. <laughs> what? But the... Country Who? cucka. Mama used to teach us how to bowl and everything. Yeah. That's Mama's bowling ball. Country cucka. Homer. <laughs> so to spin it back, uh, the dad wants to see some references, now thinking that she's there to apply for the job, which magically appear in Jean's hands, and 
He's like, oh, all these references are great, um, but they're all out of state. It's like, you have no idea. <laughs> Do you think she worked for the Smythe family? Not Smith Dairy, Smythe. No. Sinjin Smythe. Couldn't he uh, pick up a phone and call them? Like, what the hell does it matter if she no- was out of state? Did nobody get my Mrs. Delphi reference? I was just going to say, I, I like that your scenario, though, where this isn't actually a witch. It's a warlock. And it's a warlock <laughs> in female clothing. Like, Hello! <laughs> Ow, I just hit my head on the wall. <laughs> but also, so look, they don't mention it in this episode. But if you look up the synopsis of this show, right? It's like a family moves to Connecticut from New York City after the parents get divorced, oh, right? That's that the explains synopsis. why it sucks. Of the show, which of course kind of gets awful, so is New York. Uh, but anyway, oh, like, we have listeners in both states. Again, I can't stress mm. this enough. We don't agree with most of the things Joe says. <laughs> so, uh, any of you from Connecticut or New York, I like Connecticut. You would. I can say without you know giving any specific numbers, we do very well in New York. So my apologies to the state of New York. For I like Joe. New York too. I live in the woods, and I'm from Boston. I'm not here to judge anybody. But what I'm trying to say here, though, is that. He just moved out of state. He shouldn't be giving her a shit for having all out-of-state references. Bud, you're from out-of-state. You just moved here. Well, her's out-of-state or out-of-the-country. He said out-of-state. Out of state. State, okay. yeah. But they could have been, like, way out-of-state, They and they could have been spaced all around. Like, maybe there was, like, one in California right. and one in Idaho. Like, maybe it's just, like, really random. It would have been, like, South. Transylvania because it would have given her Dracula blood because this show has no idea what this woman is. So he was like, all your references are from the thing. South. And she went, yeah, the, the deep, deep south. south. I literally just said that. <laughs> Good joke, Jay. Yeah, Jay, Sticks. that was... My dad's in hell. He's falling apart. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough when DJ gets older. Get a flask. Popeye's chicken is fucking awesome. <laughs> Big you horny make bird. the DJ very nervous. If this episode ended with Henry Winkler covered in bees, it'd be such a <laughs> show. So ultimately, all this conversation leads to her eventually getting the job, most notably when he sees that Jean's room's clean, and she's the one credited with that happening. So he's like, all right, well, you know, I'll show you where the guest room is, like, we could try it out for a couple days, and I'll show you where we'll be staying, and, like, kind of go over the job with you. And he heads out, and then before (laughs) she follows him, there's a little bit more dialogue between her and Jean, and he kind of points out, like, Oh, you know, every time I clean, like, I just shove everything in my closet. And that's when the closet door busts open. And we see that, like, even with magic, she did the same thing. Which, like, doesn't... If you're just doing, like, witch stuff to make the room clean, like, you didn't have to shove everything in the closet. You could have just put everything where it belonged. Yeah, but she's a free spirit. Wow! I have a feeling that, like, she has magic, but she's just bad at it. I, yeah, I, I like that. I feel like I can see that going forward in the, like, the series of the show. I think they were just going for the gag, and they don't think about logic in the moment. <laughs> To be fair, though, I'm going to give them credit here. That's a gag that they did that actually plays to the studio audience. Like, the studio audience got to see somebody actually, like, some PA, like, pulled the string, like a fish fishing line, and everything fell out. And that's why the laughs at least their work were It was well done, too. Is. It was good timed, and it, it looked Yeah, good. no, I mean, it was fine for what it is. Perfect amount of garbage, too. Like, it was a good amount of stuff fell out, like, where it looks like it's way too much, but they didn't make it look too overdone, you know? So now in the next scene, we're in what's going to be Winnie's room. And Thomas is kind of cleaning up a bit to make room for his stuff. And she's looking around the room a little bit and sees this old picture of him. And it says, to TJ, love always Annie. And that's where he gives that 
always isn't, you know, what it used to be. So, and that's kind of when we get that little, I could see how it looked like maybe the wife died, but in reality, they, they're just, it's a divorce. Sure, he plays it like death though. Unless yeah, well, he's sad, fucked yeah. up though. Cause how did he end up with all the kids? I thought that too. Look, it takes a lot. And like, that's not fair. I'm not saying this he's is a lawyer. Fair. He's a lawyer. Well, there it is. Yeah. You got it, Gordo. In that, in reading the description on the uh, picture, she goes, oh, people call you TJ? And he's like, Thomas is fine. And this scene is basically just kind of him explaining about the kids and the expectations of the job and that she's going to be there to cook and clean and all this stuff. And hands her a list for tomorrow, like all the things that he wants. I don't know. Again, like, I think the scene was like fine, but none of these jokes are really landing. It's a little corny, but I think that they're both decent enough actors that it's like getting you through it. But then when... I don't know. I can't think of many like actual scripted jokes in this episode or in these scenes that like made me laugh. Very few. This just feels more to me like the full house thing though, where like, again, he's like, like we get that it's not a death thing, but it feels like it could be. And he's being a little too overly sappy about it. Yeah. So it's like looming in the air during that whole situation. Yeah. Well, so like just... it doesn't give you, it gives you a question, which it shouldn't give you a question. He should be like, it turns out that, love is only or always is only three years until you meet a stockbroker like you make a joke about it and then you know uh, she's not dead and then you don't make it seem super uncomfortable the whole yeah. episode but you're like is she fucking dead like they the did kids... it, they did a really bad job in not addressing it this whole episode it's never clearly stated unless you read Which up I don't to know understand like were they intentionally ambiguous that because they didn't even know at the time they or weren't. like I don't, it just seems like a really weird like path to take for something so like important to the story and that's why i think there were rewrites in the script because i think she was supposed to be dead because everything else leads to that i think that we are not seeing the bigger picture they just moved in out of state that we just went over the dad probably just got divorced that's why he's playing. He dude is bumming right now. No, we we get that, but I do, I do think that there's some something to what Ferg's saying. This could be a product of rewrites. The network could have said as they're about to launch all this stuff, "Hey, this is a little too similar to Full House. We can't make it another widowed situation with two shows running at the same time." Let's switch this one up and just make it so that they got divorced. I love the idea of him driving. Like the, the original theme song is him driving in a convertible <laughs> through Connecticut bridges. Do it a pop. Wow. Go ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> so when he leaves the room, this was another weird thing. She has that list that he gave her and she throws it into the trash barrel and it bursts into flames real quick. And she goes more flash paper. Yes. Which is one mortal zero. And it's like, what does that mean? <laughs> who's keeping score right now what was the what was the competition there like i don't i don't i don't understand the context of this i mean i guess we're to believe that if you are a witch you internally are always in a proxy war with human beings <laughs> it's like always keep a land score. struggle yeah does this go back to what ferg's saying was there a joke that got cut and they forgot to cut out the line after that's the response to it <laughs> i think it has to I be i think so I don't know. I just, I just remember that really flagging me as I'm watching. Like, what is, what is this in reference to? Like, what do you it mean? It was very mean? out of place. And then we cut to the next morning, and all three kids were in the kitchen together. And Gene's telling his older siblings that he found a new housekeeper, and that she's a real witch. And then you get like the sister going, "Come on, give her a chance." And now she walks in in like a robe, and because she mentions earlier she's not really a morning person. Rob's like, 
oh great, we got Stephen King's housekeeper. I'm sorry, I get that she's like in a yep. robe and not like done up, but she's a very, very attractive girl. A beautiful and- woman walks in with yeah. just her hair up, and he's like, "You look like a horror movie." Like, what Gross. the fuck are you talking about? This Especially kid's like, a horny sixteen-year-old. I was gonna say kid. he's yeah. been established as a hornball in earlier scenes, so she, she should be like, "Oh, good, good, uh." Good pickup, brother. Like, go. Literally, they just put her hair in a bun, and he's like, well, she's not fucking hot anymore. This is like 80s glasses on girls so hard, right? Where it's like, take Pain the glasses on off. She's not a fucking ghost anymore. It's like, okay, and I'm saying in real life, they're probably not even that even far apart in age. I, I know on the show, they're probably stretching right. it a little bit. But she can't be any older than her, like, early 20s at this point. And no. he's, he's probably real life, like, 18, 19, and he's like, oh, yuck. It's like, what the... It broke is, my brain when he yucks at this girl. Was it like, was so like, weird, especially just in general, just kind of knowing that character type. We already ran out of the room earlier when a girl called. He's supposed to be a horny teenager. Like that dude's having sex with the couch cushions. He's not going to call <laughs> that woman ugly or Stephen King, like whatever that even means, yeah. right? So this attractive girl who you just find out lives in the house with you now, and he's like, oh, damn. Like, come on. <laughs> There's an attractive adult woman who you're not related to who's going to sleep and shower in your house now. But like, I don't want to see her Tommy knockers. <laughs> She's 29, by the way, in this episode. In this episode? Wow, she was that old at this time? Okay, older than I thought. 58. What about the son? Um, Good question, actually. I meant to look him up earlier and forgot. He was born in 1962, but his career died in 1989 <laughs> after <laughs> being on the sitcom. Also, is his career the free spirit? Ooh. Well, they let that one got away. <laughs> Spooky. He does not have enough information about him. Oh, okay. Uh, 68. So he was... 10 years difference. 19. Whereabouts yeah. unknown. <laughs> so, if you're, yeah. so when they're filming this episode, say he's like a 19-year-old in real life, and this is like this 29-year-old girl walks in, and he's like, ew, yuck, look at her hair not kept. <laughs> it's like a bathroom. just up yeah she's in a bathroom like how fucking dairy terry cloth i can't jerk off to that like well what are you doing buddy <laughs> oh she's got paint on her overalls <laughs> ponytailing glasses here. so now uh gene asks for eggs for breakfast and she opens up a cabinet which is full of live chickens and she grabs a couple <laughs> eggs and hands them to him this joke then, is foul this is, this is that thing though that i hate in tv shows and movies right like so you're watching a movie guy goes up to a bar hey how you doing willie can i get two beers no one does that. That's not how this works, right? Like, you also don't say, like, what do you want for breakfast? Like, oh, can you make me eggs? Like, you have to be more specific about what kind of eggs you want. I know. I'll, I'll even let that pass. But she grabs the eggs and just hands him raw eggs. Just like, gives him two eggs. I know, right? What the fuck? Yeah. Uh, now, I don't know if we've had this debate. And I know we've gone off the rails a little bit. Scrambled. Tonight. A lot, yeah. Is that going to be your your thing? Yes. How do you <laughs> guys like it? was going in a completely different direction. <laughs> for apropos of nothing, screams out scrambled. I uh, honestly, oh. I like all forms of eggs. If I had to pick, though, like my typical breakfast is probably going scrambled. But again, it depends on like what's with the eggs is how I want them. If I'm going to breakfast, breakfast place, sandwich, yeah, I'm most likely getting my eggs over easy. Me too. I did over like easy today, actually. I got a bag of those frozen eggs O'Brien. I mean, uh, potatoes O'Brien. It's basically just <laughs> eggs <home> O'Brien. <laughs> <laughs> just like potatoes and peppers and onions and shit. But, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, I just did some over easy eggs with those. That's but, always good. Yeah, it, all, it, it, it congeals nicely with each other at that point, too. I do fucking love eggs. I love eggs. I'm not big okay. on hard boiled eggs. I'm like those. That's my one. I don't too, like yeah. hard boiled. I don't mind it every so often. 
You get a little salt on them. What don't you like about it's it? Just, uh, the the texture is weird. Me, yeah, I'm it's like, like yeah. the oak is so dry at that point, and it, like they get stinky. Like I, I don't, don't eat. I don't eat the yolk and a hard boiled. So I, I assume you guys don't like deviled. I was just gonna say, I like a deviled egg. It's different month. though. What about that's, egg that's, salad? That's, yummy, yummy. Salad. I love me some egg salad. I'm okay with uh, that. Yeah. yeah, I haven't had egg salad in a long time. I want some. Egg I mean, salad, I've yeah. n- I've never in my life sat there and just ate a hard-boiled egg. Really? They're good. No. I like I how mean, that's breakfast and like on TV. It's They have them in the little cup thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's one of the most underrated egg scenarios ever. The eggs in Chinese food, fried rice. Oh, I love I it. I concur. Yeah. It's not in that enough is, fried rice. That is so good in fried rice. We make it Not home, enough we'll places make it do egg. that. Yeah. yeah. What really like grosses me, I, like if you go to like the, like I work at the airport. And like the convenience stores in the airport will have like the, just the packages of hard boiled eggs that you like. See, that's yeah. gross. That yeah, you can just like gross. rip out of the plastic and just like pop them. Like I'm like, oh, yeah, like, like, like they're just, fucking gum. Yeah, just no, buy like, a fucking Cliff Bar, you freak. Like why? Why do you have to eat that? <laughs> it might like, it like, might taste the same. It's still gross for some reason. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there are certain things like you don't eat from the gas station like that. You know, like prepackaged or whatever. But like again, like Jay, I think perfect thing, right? Like. You ever been somewhere, like, especially on a work trip, like, Nick, I know you travel a lot for work. You're, you're there somewhere, you're like, I can't, there's no restaurant around here, I have to get through this. Like, a thing like a kind bar or a cliff bar is just, like, the easiest, I'm not worried about getting sick in this weird place while I'm stuck here for a day thing. Yeah, I'll like, get, or I'll like, get, like, almonds or something. De facto meal or, yeah. like, nuts, yeah. I will say, though, that the hard-boiled egg, too, is good for, and I only know this because my roommate did it for a while, he would just make a bunch of hard-boiled eggs, and then in the morning, he'd cut them, heat them up. And make a quick sandwich, like so. You don't have to make an egg in the morning. You just heat up what you already have made, which I thought was an interesting way to do it. It's, it's a big time saver, and it's the same thing at the end of the day. Reheated eggs? I don't know. I don't know. About well, that. just think about all the frozen. Think about any time you've ever gotten like a breakfast sandwich, Dunkin' Donuts. It's a frozen egg. Okay. All right. Never mind. I stand. I don't know how much well, longer right, yeah. I, I want to stretch egg talk for, but I will say this: <laughs> this last thought I have it, it eggs are very interesting. That. As a single ingredient thing, you can make it like twenty different ways, and it, it yeah. tastes different and without adding anything to them. Right. Throw a little cheese on it, but no, with even out without even adding anything to the egg, you can cook it all these different ways, and they and it tastes completely different. And it's just the one ingredient. It's like the potatoes of the egg world. The okay. egg world only consists of eggs. <laughs> like it's the egg of the egg world. I see what Gordo's saying. You can do potatoes like a hundred different ways. I would yes, it's. It's like the potato of maybe uh, it's not dairy. No, it's a weird thing too, right? Because like I was vegetarian for a it's long not time. Not dairy at all. No. <laughs> but it's in the dairy section if you're at a supermarket. It is in the dairy section. Yeah, eggs are with milk. But like I don't. As a vegetarian, I ate eggs, and a lot of vegetarians like won't. Right? Like, and you have to like, draw that weird line with yourself, where you're like, is this technically an animal? And that leads into a very weird political. I say people have that argument all the time, so we'll skip yeah, right that political one. conversation we shouldn't and, uh, have on this podcast. <laughs> we'll we'll but... move right on past that. Yeah. So I, what I like about to go back in her opening up the cabinet and it being full of chickens is Jesse's like, "Wait, what?" And when she runs over and opens it, it's just back to normal. And I like that they did give you that contrast to remind you like how it should look and that it it was just a one time deal. There's not just but... a bunch of like hens hanging out in. <laughs> That's like a rare time that her powers are like strong. Like she right. altered reality just now. Every other time she's like, let me move the soap in my brain. <laughs> and it catches fire. <laughs> Every time yeah. it just catches fire. Well, it comes up again, though, too, though. She's got power, but her power always 
has like a weird caveat that backfires on her. I get that the chicken thing is obviously if you're Jesse or Rob, very strange thing to see, right? Not knowing what's going on. But like Rob's reaction, like, that's a weird trick. I'm going to go tell dad. It's like, that doesn't really like fit his character at all. So she is my only weakness. (laughs) The character is just like a weird little cuck kid where he's like, I don't want the pretty lady. I'm telling dad about the eggs. Like, dude, fuck off. This is the worst character writing. When he goes to stand up, the chair is stuck to his butt. And that's part of that's her using her witchcraft to stop him. She could glue his feet to the to the cement, but instead, or like to the floor, so he can't walk. But instead, it's just like, look, a chair stuck to your butt. Good, good luck talking to your dad like that with a chair. With a chair stuck to his butt, he could just walk out in a single line through any door in the house and go into any room he wants. Call me crazy, but I think that's paradise. I can sit down whenever I want. (laughs) (laughs) I wash myself with a rag on a stick. When he agrees to not tell dad, the chair falls off. And now that Rob has accepted the fact that she's a witch, wants her to use her magic to help convince his dad to let him go to the Pond Scum concert. <laughs> I do think that the idea of, a, man, what a weird niche item. If you made Pond Scum shirts. <laughs> Look, hey, Joe, I, that's I went, you would do. I went deep. I looked up. There have been two bands in the history of bands with names out there called Pond Scum with two words, right? There's one modern one that's like a hippie-ish folky thing. But there's a band from 1987. They were a Canadian punk band who apparently somebody just released like a CDR of a live set they played at a boys and girls club. This is like the only thing you can find. But there's like a kid with a mohawk on the cover. And the fact that that was 87, I'm like, that tracks to this. And to me and my brain, that band is the band they were going to see. Well, I mean, this band seemed to be like a big deal because we find out a little bit later that like there was 200 injuries in the hotel alone the last time they were in town. Are we to guess, like, I'm thinking 89, is this supposed to be, like, are we going to think, like, Guns N' Roses? I, feel like I was thinking, like, like Guar. Proxy. I thought this was, like, a like a fake Guar. I was thinking, like, a metal show, like, Judas Priest or something that's, like, scary but not scary. Oh, like, when everybody thought that, like, Ozzy Osbourne was a Satanist or Rob yeah. Halford was, yeah. like, a Satanist or whatever. Yeah, well, you know, Judas Priest had that record that played backwards. Also, if anybody has never seen the documentary about that, it's amazing. It is. So she helps him with this pond scum thing, right? By even though, well, Jesse goes, well, it's sold out. Like, how are you going to be able to go to that? And when he's like, oh, don't worry about that. And then bing, two tickets pop up out of the toaster. He can go with the stipulation that he takes his sister, which is like a weird stance for this woman to take. Having meeting these kids for the first time, but she's stepping right in with it. You need to do more things with your sister. She doesn't know their dynamic. She literally met them 10 seconds ago. Well, the sister was excited about the show. Was she? I didn't even get that vibe that she, like, cared about the show that much. Me too. But in any event, they have to go together now. Yeah, they're going together now. That's fine. But this is such a weird thing. Uh, I'm trying to think of the proxy of it. Or it's like, I don't know, like, they're 16 and 13. If you're going to a show that has, like, a venue that has seats like that, too, like, that seems weird to me as well. To, like, be left alone as, like, a 13-year-old kid. Like, we would, like, go to shows when we were younger at that age, but, like, yeah, like snuck in and they were like during the day in places, you know, like you couldn't go to like a big seated venue at night when you were 13. You're thinking like tables. Maybe it's like an arena. Yeah, I don't big. I can't. That's the thing, too. I don't know how big Pond Scum is, but uh, well, yeah, we so, make our Pond Scum World Tour 1989 oh, yeah. T-shirts for our uh, merch page coming soon. So dad walks in and he's like, oh, I see you all met Winnie. And Rob starts telling him about the concert. He's like reluctant. He knows of the band. He he mentions the whole all these people who got injured in the hotel. 
when he's like, well, if you're so worried, why don't you just go with them? And again, it's like, I don't know. He's very comfortable with his family very early, but he's like, well, you already said it was a sold out show. So I guess it's a moot point. And he just takes off. And then again, though, more, more that this character is just like a fucking cuck where it's like, I want to go see this dangerous rock and roll band. You have to take your sister. Okay. Your fucking dad's coming out too. Okay. It's like, what are you doing? You are not a rebellious teenager at all. all. You're not horny. You are the worst. He's the worst because he's not horny. (laughs) Oh, because he says he's horny. I like my young sitcom boys horny. (laughs) Okay. Look, you're putting words in my mouth right now. That's not what I said. That's what you said. Or maybe he's played as the horny teen and then doesn't. And then he says that he wants to go see the rebellious rock and roll band. And he bends over to go with family members that would not be what that character would do in more a normal sitcom. Maybe he's a mega fan and he'd do whatever it takes to see his favorite band. Maybe that... he cares about the music, unlike you. <laughs> I'm just there for the scene, man. <laughs> yeah, he didn't necessarily like jump at the opportunity like, yeah, dad, why don't you come with me? Like, he didn't really say one way or another how he felt about that. Like, dad, you love Pondscum. We'll get you a World Tour 89 shirt at S1E1Pot.com. <laughs> no, the Free Spirit World Tour. Thank you for taking a bad idea and making it worse. <laughs> it's like the easiest shirt idea, Jay. No one wants a free spirit shirt. No one. Uh, people <laughs> no. listening to this episode right now didn't know this was a show until they saw we covered it. But they might wear a Ponscum shirt. So anyways, um, after he leaves the room, she creates another ticket out of the toaster so dad can come. And then... <laughs> Ponscum. Don't. Come. don't <laughs> <laughs> Even I thought it. (laughs) (laughs) So we cut to later on in the day, and now we see all these random toys being, like, they're propped up to be, like, um, makeshift bowling pins so Gene can practice. Here's my thing. I don't know if you guys got a good look at it. So they have all these, like, different, like, a Transformer and all these different toys that are all standing in, like, the positioning that the 10 pins would be in. Two of them are toy bowling pins. So he has yeah. a bowling he has a bowling set. <laughs> just, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Use he all has 10 20% pins. of a bowling set yeah. for some reason. And just, he doesn't know how to bowl. He just used two out of the just use all ten pins and the, Mama ran away with the other pins. Just like She was so, using um, she's a juggler, she took them for her act. He left two behind. <laughs> she left with the circus. <laughs> So he's practicing with the bowling, and he throws the ball, and he, he hits, like, half of them the first time around. She's a witch. Why can't she just make a bowling alley, an actual bowling alley in the right. house? Turn the kitchen into a bowling alley for of... 10 minutes. Yeah, like, I feel like, you know, we you just made covered... chickens appear. You we covered Bewitched bowling. a couple weeks ago, right? Like, if this was Samantha, and granted, you're not dealing with children in the in the situation, take them out of the house, but Samantha would have just, like, did something with her nose, and they would have <laughs> appeared in the middle of a bowling alley, and they could have, like, you know... Right. Went bowling. They would have just made out in the bowling alley, though. That's what they do. The train just goes through the bowling alley for some reason. While they're making out. <laughs> Is this also not a missed opportunity to put a good guy doll as one of the toys? Which came first? When, when did, did... Child's Play 1 is before 84? this. 84? Child's Play 1? I, I think it's 86, the first one. Ooh. Did he Even do the first a... one? I know I, know I saw He's done all of them. He did the okay. first three. Yeah, he's he's the good guy doll in the first three, so... Well, he's it when it runs from the above view, not always. No, I think he's the voice. Oh, the I'm your friend to the end voice? Yeah, I think he's the voice when it's not Chucky. Like, it was actually the good guy doll. Oh, I just thought it was the aerial view when they show, like, a kid running back. (laughs) I don't know, but that'd be funny by by the third one where he's, like, 11, and they're like, we have to shoot this in a really weird angle. 
after he rolls that ball for the first time, he hits some of them. He's accusing Winnie of helping him along the way and using witchcraft to have him help, like, you know, knock these pins over. He's like, I'm bad at bowling. It's like, no, you just have to, like, you know, it's all in the wrist. And then she's saying, you know, if my dad ever catches us doing this, like, we're in big trouble. And she's like, oh, well, I'll handle TJ. And <laughs> this is when Gene goes, you called him TJ? Nobody ever calls my dad t- except you shouldn't call him that. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it gets fucking. I'm sorry. That's so dead. That's here. dead mom talk. I get it. It, it is, is not yeah. divorce. Yeah, that's, not that's, that's mama's yeah. guitar. Yeah, that's very. Yeah, that's very dead mom. Not she ran off. But I guess if you're a little kid and your mom ran off, and you're gonna be just as depressed, right? But also the manicness of this scene, right? So he says you called him TJ. He gets all bummed out, right? He's like, never mind. And you think he's gonna leave. And then he doesn't leave, and he's like, anyway, you wanted me to bowl, right? And you're like, oh, wait, no, he's fine again. He's going to bowl. And then he bowls a strike, and then they do so many slow motion. Like, it's There's slow motion celebrating as the ball continues to roll. And then the ball rolls straight through the toys and hits, like, the leg of the hutch, and it knocks the entire giant hutch over. But that's uh, when it goes back to normal speed for the thing falling yeah. really fast. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. No, no, that's slow too. It is because that's yeah. that's what I was laughing at with like the like how bad this would have been. No, live it because falling. It looked really fast to me. No, that's just witch magic. So after it falls, she's not worried because you know she's a witch. She's like, oh, like for like a normal mortal, it's an uh oh. But for me, it's just a. Uh, but then TJ and the kids walk in, so now she can't use her magic to fix it. We talk about how witch? much I love that when TJ comes in, he's wearing his leather jacket because he wanted to look cool I, for I the Pond Scum <laughs> show. He wanted to fucking kill me. Yeah. yeah. But he's like, well, if I'm going to see Pond Scum, I might as well wear my leather jacket. <laughs> he's still wearing slacks and like a tucked in button up like an accountant, but he has a fucking leather jacket on. It's so good. <laughs> so we, this is clearly, by the way, if you're watching, you can see that it was a commercial break. And so when it cuts back into it, it's kind of like the continuation of the scene. And Gene's like, what are you guys doing home? And TJ's like, Oh, well, we were tired of just waiting around in the police car. Apparently, these tickets that you found were counterfeit. So, How yeah. How did she like, make bootleg tickets? Yeah. <laughs> she, she's a witch. She couldn't make real tickets. She could only make bootlegs. Also, you don't go into a cop car for that. If someone sells you bum tickets, no. they just don't let you inside. They don't arrest you yeah. for having yeah, tickets. Right, yeah. <laughs> Unless they think that you were the person creating and selling and profiting off those tickets. Yeah. They just think that you're a poor rube who got exactly. swindled. Unless they you find get to go home 50 and miss of them. the show. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You just go home. You don't get put in a cop car and told to spread them, which also, pardon me, that seems a bit yeah. egregious, bud. And you then, have a fake ticket and you're with your teenage kids? Spread your asshole right now. Like, wait, listen, what? Listen, man, he had a leather jacket on. He meant business. <laughs> yeah. We know he you're a trouble. <laughs> so between that and the hutch and all this stuff and learning that they're bowling in the house he asked to see winnie in his office and thomas who i mean like is justifiably angry with all these things in mind like you gave me fake tickets you just broke my hutch like you're bowling in the house he's like you know what i don't think this is working out and she counters by going yeah well you're a shitty dad and it's like (laughs) so yeah her counter is you suck at parenting so like and again like true he needs to be a little bit more present as a dad but everything he's mad about is very fair Right, and I'm, she counters by like, you know, your son's upset and is afraid to talk to you, and the other one won't tell you where he's going, and and your daughter's like missing out on her childhood because she's trying to replace her mother who's not here anymore. It's like she's dead. It's like also that like this girl change. has lived there for what forty eight hours max. 
It's like, okay, cool. That doesn't change that you gave me fake tickets and broke the hutch. Yeah. Right. And I'm sorry, don't vilify him for being a single dad who has to work to have this giant house for his three kids that he has to pay for. Yeah, he also has a pretty big... I mean, I like this scene, too, though. He's like, I have to establish myself as a new lawyer. Be like, okay, Connecticut to New York is not that far. And you're clearly a pretty good lawyer because you got the kids and you got a house with four bedrooms and you can afford a nanny. You're doing fine, bud. Not only that, but to be a lawyer in another state, you gotta pass I think the bar you have to that pass state. that bar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then when she's going through that whole rant about how he's a shitty parent, Gene misses his mom so much he can't even talk about it. But you know what? He misses his dad even more. This is so... And the, the score here really starts to get you. Thomas is like, you know, I don't think this is working out. I already have three kids. I don't need a fourth. And she goes, oh, but you do. Because this family is one kid short. The kid and you. Oh, Somebody shit. let this line oh, go into the television show. This whole scene is the now punky, like part of the show. And it's <laughs> the fucking so, so awful. The next line should have been, fuck you, you're fired. Bitch. Get the fuck out of my house. Also, there's a surprising hell in this uh, show. Like they said, like, hell. And I wasn't expecting it on a kid's show. It's not a kid's show. It's a, it's a prime An adolescent time. show. Yeah. This is meant for family entertainment. This is a Disney product. So um, in the next scene, now we're at the bowling tournament. And the whole family's there with Gene. This is a very important bowling tournament, as we've come to learn. Oh, can I just add one thing before you get to that? How come the dad could take the kids to a concert, but he didn't have time to take the kid bowling? He likes right. that Holy shit, Ferd. Fuck you. Oh, my God. That's the biggest hole yet. You know, just... Well, it's a different night. That night he had something planned. Yeah, he it's had a different night. Weather. He could have taken them bowling that different night, but he, he was very willing to take them to a concert. I think if we've learned anything by the leather jacket, we already have established that TJ is secretly a big Pond Scum fan. <laughs> so he was, like, super excited about the concert, and that's why he's prioritizing that over being a good father. Which Winnie has already made very clear that he's not. He is not. So. My assumption was the next client he had to do a nighttime will for because that's how he's establishing himself <laughs> as this lawyer in the town is. I do nighttime wills. He has like a commercial on TV. Uh, that guy died and the will was no longer relevant. So he got to go to that show. Like the next the next scene should have been like the little son being like, can you please read me Greg the Bunny? He's like. <laughs> So, will you? It's a, don't say will. I have to charge you hours for that. <laughs> At this bowling tournament, again, the idea that the whole family's there for it, like, oh, Gene's playing some random girl in his class in bowling. Like, we all have to be there to show support. So, you know, anyone who might have had any other obligations, father included, they all dropped everything to be here. This is a big moment for this kid, right? The girl next door is, like, making fun of him. And it's like, your turn, chicken Yo. arms. And her dad, dad and her, yeah, her dad, dad is like yeah. the nerdiest dirt dude in the world, and he's laughing. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, again, like you fucking nerd. <laughs> if you're if you're Gene's dad, and you're right next to this dad who's now laughing at your kid, you level this dad. Why did you dad. fucking slap him? Yeah, yeah, like how do you just let that go? I'll sue you for defamation. Because I assume what he would actually do. Like that's like if you had like a cooler character as the dad, he would have grabbed his head and like banged it against the desk, you know, like shot it forward, so he like slapped it on the desk where he's keeping score. I'm gonna go home and prepare your will. If the dad had worn his leather jacket to the bowling alley, he would have taken care of this guy. But it's like his uh it's like his just, Samson thing, right? Like without the jacket, around. he's not tough. <laughs> so Gene then rolls a gutter ball, and he's like, if only they put the pins in the gutter. 
And <laughs> that line, <laughs> the absurdity of that line actually made me laugh. And then from in the distance, you hear, come on, Gene, it's all in the wrist. Well, what do you know? Winnie showed up to the bowling tournament, even though we don't even know if she lives on Earth. <laughs> like, so she uh, she made her way all the way back just to be here for Gene's big moment, because, again, we know this bowling tournament's super important. Everyone's very excited to see her. And she's like, come on, it's as easy as knocking over a hutch. <laughs> and he rolls the ball again. And what do you know? He gets a strike and everyone celebrates. You get that little her and TJ almost hug, but they stop one another and then they continue to celebrate. God forbid we I wish, hug. I wish it just cut up to, to like she got there for the last part, though. So it's like a score 90 to 10. <laughs> he's still well, that's lost. what I was going to say. So this makes no sense, right? Because we next see them. He wins and he's got a trophy because he... With Winnie there, he was able to bowl a strike. But every other time he's bowled, he's hitting a gutter ball, which means that his top score is 10. And if she just hit one pin every time, she'd still win. So did they come? Did she come right at the very beginning of the game? Well, your theory is if she came at the very end and there's all the other frames in between she could have showed up at. So she could have showed up at like the third frame in plenty of time to catch up. Mm, Hold on. Hold on. You get three strike. You get three tries in bowling, right? Not in ten pin. Okay, I, I only play Two. candle pin. I was gonna say sorry for those of you who don't live in the region we live in, the where New Massachusetts area. people. Yeah, like in the New England area, we play candle pin, the smaller ball bowling, and you get three attempts. To anyone who's listening, and as much as I like to make fun of Gordo, this is one of those opportunities where he's not saying anything out of turn and weird. It's the better version of bowling. I don't care what anybody says. You guys Agreed. are more used to your bowling. Yeah, ten pin, which is the larger ball, you get two attempts. Oh, okay. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. Now, can I? Can I? That's say why the spare that... is such a big thing because you can get ten uh, down into your both your runs. Oh, okay. Well, that that makes more sense. But all right. So to my other point, he already rolled one ball and it went into the gutter. This could have been uh, frame one or set one. Yeah, it could have literally been his first throw. Of the oh whole no, game we, we don't know what it was. I was just saying it would have been funny if when she showed up, it was at the end. I wasn't saying that's what happened. It was like too oh. late. She showed up way too late and he still lost. Like he's celebrating, like he won and they just pan over and like the girl and her nerdy fucking dad are walking away with a giant trophy. <laughs> it's like, well, you tried your best punky. Like, because she destroyed the schedule, you know, when it was a uh, mortals one, no mortals yeah. zero, which is one. She fucking destroyed the schedule. It, she had the wrong time. So somehow, whatever time she did show up, it was enough for him to win the game. And we cut to later that night, and Gene's in his room, and Winnie walks in. I, I don't know if she followed them home or what's going on, but uh, she shows up, and he's like, I know what this trophy means. Like, you're done here now. And they're both sad about the situation and this idea that, like, you know, she doesn't need to be there anymore. Gene still thinks that she used her magic to help him win, but she makes it very obvious that, you know, I didn't use my magic. I taught you how to bowl. If you cheated, you know, if if I helped you cheat, it would have cheated you in turn. You wouldn't have learned anything from it. Can I say, why the fuck did he win a trophy? It was a tournament. Why? He beat so that he bitch. made it to the finals and didn't know how to bowl? <laughs> <laughs> the only people who can actually bowl, the only person who can actually bowl is the girl, uh, Betty or whatever her name is. And he's just the least bad of everybody else. So he's made it up the ranks. Listen, there's a lot wrong with the episode. I think fundamentally the idea that this whole story arc is built around teaching Gene how to bowl is a weird 
thing to focus on. <laughs> to have the big climax be wrong. this weird bowling thing between him and some random girl in this class. But uh, yes, obviously, you're right. If he didn't know how to bowl at all, now he's in a position where he can win a trophy if he beats this one girl. Doesn't completely add up. We don't know if he fought, played someone else right after. Like This is this is hour one of a seven-hour bowling alley. Yeah, he might have went family. on a tear after that. Yeah, once he, once he started using his wrist. <laughs> once he started using his wrist. <laughs> so we cut to a little bit later on, and now she's packing up her things in her room. And that's when Thomas walks in. And I guess all that stuff she said to him before, all that really deep stuff really started to sink in. And now he's saying how he's been paying too much attention to the life he wants, but not enough to the people that are in his life. And he tells her that he'd like to unfire her. And every time there's these reminders of like her potentially staying, whether it had been when she was talking to Jean or now with TJ, lightning keeps going off because again, that is the voice of, Whatever witch or warlock is overseeing her deeds. There had to have been a scene cut, by the way, because there was no catalyst for this change in the dad. He just all of a sudden loves her and wants to be a better, like... No, I agree. She helped, I she helped weird, yeah. Jean succeed. Jean, Jean won because of her help. And we didn't mention it, but at the end, when everyone's celebrating, when Jean hits the strike, they go to hug, and they both give the, like, will they, won't they look, and then get away from each other. So they, like, plant the seed that, like... They might be. Yeah, into I each mean, other. the seed that was obviously there the whole time. Here's what I right, here's what I don't right. understand. Right, so this whole thing with Gene wanting her to stay, and now him saying, you know, I want to unfire you, and she's like, I wish I could, I can't, and you get the lightning and all this shit. Her thing is like we said earlier, it's like a community service thing. Like you have to like once every hundred years, you have to do a deed. It's almost like jury duty for them. Once she does it, why can't she just stay there? She's like good. She can do whatever she wants again. Yeah, she's like, I don't know. We don't know what she's going got going on on the other side there. Yeah. Well, yeah. I was gonna say we don't know if she's dead or alive or anything. I, I don't know. As they're talking, she's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, TJ. Uh, I mean Thomas." And he's like, "No, TJ's good." And then he even offers to be flexible with the schedule. Like he's done a complete 180, right? And now him letting her call him TJ, which is something that is apparently not dead wife used to call him, is like it's all this, you know, whatever. And they're, they're, they do the, then they do like a real, like, you know, I want you here for the kids. It's like, yeah, I want to be here too for the same reason. And they get really close. And I don't like that they presented a will they, won't they? Like, it doesn't make sense with, no. I get other shows do it, right? Country Comfort did it. The Nanny did it. All these other like nanny shows, it always ends up this way. But this one in particular, and take the witch thing away, they made her character very youthful and have a bigger connection with the kids. And she looks more like the kids, almost in age too. So to have her linked up with the dad doesn't look right to me because she comes off as the young babysitter. Well, she also falls for Bobcat Goldthwaite, so but she I'm, has a but type. In the, in the context of this episode, I think it, it, looks, it doesn't look right to have the two of them as a potential love interest. Bobcat's yeah, a cop, I'm, though, and she has a power complex, I think. We don't know her age. They don't say it. But the but, characters played very no, youthful. Yes, I thought that maybe she was like 16, 17, because like she's, she looks close enough in age to the oldest brother. 
the oldest brother's taller than her, and she's, she's like an immortal being. She's probably like a couple hundred years old. She's probably thank older you for. Than I was just gonna say yeah. we don't know what age she is. Like my guess is like seven hundred and twelve. Like I don't I'm think the saying, age. I'm not saying is the a issue. legality thing. I'm saying when you look at the two of them together and the way that the character has been presented the whole episode, making this a love interest situation just doesn't seem like the right fit. It really should have just been like she's like, she's the fun. It's like Charles in Charge is another nanny show we did. Right, he was with the kids. There was never a point where, like, he was going to end up hooking up with the mom. Like, that that wasn't how that was supposed to go. Uh, Better show. Better show. (laughs) Better show in comparison. But the reason for that, too, the youthful babysitter thing, is because she's only endearing herself to the children. Think about the interactions that she's had with the father. If the show was centered more on her and the father, then, yeah, I could see the will-they-won't-they popping up. But, like, the whole episode is her impressing the youngest son and, like, calling the dad shitty and then the dad barking orders to her at the beginning. That's it. Can a witch and a human yeah. sleep together? Yes. Yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? Yeah, I, I saw the, witch- the witchcraft movies <laughs> with a lot of sex. I just don't know if the parts are compatible. Like, do you not have... She's got human form. Yeah. What, do you have a war dick? Pardon? Like a war dick or a war badge? Like, what are you talking about? I don't know what words you're using. Are these from video games? <laughs> oh, he's going also, with warlock. War. Warlock is a is the male version though. Warcock would have been. Male. Yeah, that but been... again, that wouldn't work for the female witch character. You don't know that. <laughs> if we're gonna throw out hypotheticals, but like in these I mean... things, it's always like, and her vagina was an eye of newt. Like I don't know what it's supposed to look like. What? Can she what? even satisfy him? Can you have witch human coitus? I don't know. When what lore have you ever read? Witches are humans. I do some writing on the side if you want to get a peek into some of the stuff I've been working on. Witch Pussy okay. Volume Seven is my new novel I've been working on. I um, thought you were frozen. <laughs> no, nope, nope. It's just there's certain times where you're like, how do I reel this back in? <laughs> you're at the last seconds of this show. Just land the plane. Yeah. Um. Land the broom. Yeah. So, <laughs> and then there's like this whole thing too, right? Where this this particular scene closes out with, so now they're kind of doing this little will they, won't they, and I don't want you to leave, I don't want to leave, and then, like, the Thunder is, like, again, it's the Thunder is the is a, is a character, really, in the show, because it's something, whoever she's answering to is the Thunder, really. He looks outside and he's like, oh, it looks like bad weather, and she's like, oh, like, maybe not. Which, I don't know what that means either. Yeah, it's like, this was supposed to be a moment, but again, they didn't explain it. <laughs> It's like, so what are they looking out the window at? Like, is the thunder talking to her and we can't hear it, but she can? It's like, you I can think say. so. Yeah. Like, she speaks thunder, but we don't. Yeah, I don't know. I just, there's a lot of times where this show is really trying to be deep. But the show about the, like, young giddy witch who helps the kid bowl is not, like, <laughs> is not the time to be like, yeah, find the child inside of you. Like, that's like, that's not the yeah. show for that, you know? And they're trying to have all these, like, deep moments in the show, and they just never fit. It's the same show. This is, like, find the child in you. And the next joke she says to him is, like, well, don't go start eating fiber. You're like, oh, fuck <laughs> me. What is happening here? So now, um, from there we get to the last scene. And the kids are all sad that Winnie's gone. Until she walks in a second later. And it's like, Winnie, you're back. And this was, like, I don't know how many days later it is. Because I thought they just established that night that she was going to stick around, but... Right, I would imagine this is the next day or the same evening. 
Right. Um, I think it was a morning thing. So now she shows up and we're redoing the egg thing, but now she wants to do everything the right way. She doesn't want to use her witchcraft for some reason. I don't remember why she felt that she has to do everything on the up and up now. Yeah, I don't no get that either. Explanation. Yeah. What's like, I'm going to make eggs, but I got to do it right. It's like, okay. And then that's when Jean kind of gets into that whole thing like, yeah, like all those scuzzy dishes over there, like... She could just use her magic, but like it won't be rewarding if she doesn't if she doesn't do it herself. And then you get the, the magic worst soap CGI effect. of the episode. You get the yeah, you see like the dawn dish soap like raise up over the sink and start squirting all over the dishes. And it, it's the I won't tell if you don't tell, and they all start giggling together. And that's when the dad walks in in his pajamas and bathrobe and just assumes they're all laughing because of that. He's like, "Oh, you guys all think you look so hot in the morning," and they're all just giggling together. Shut the fuck up, Dad. Dad doesn't know. She just she's using her sorcery to clean dishes. (laughs) Also, weirdly, Bewitched ends the same way, where it's like dishes, the dishes. That's right. Before the end of the episode. Yeah. What is it with witches and dishes? What's the deal? (laughs) (laughs) Why do witches do dishes? Who are these witches? Where do they get their dawn? I forget what I. uh, One of our more recent episodes, I was listening back. I forget which one off the top of my head now. And Bewitched. Joe does a, such a blatant, unintentional Jerry Seinfeld when he's getting excited about something. Yeah, yeah. I wish I could. It's, not, it's honestly not intentional. I've been called out for it before. It's just like I get high pitched. Like, it, <laughs> yeah, it just it turns into Jerry. Why is he doing that? <laughs> but, um, I want to be a pirate. <laughs> so, um, but anyways, yeah, this whole chuckle about the... Dad doesn't know that we have a witch secretly in the house thing. Um, closes out the episode. So, yeah, that's that's everything that happens here. And I don't know. It's You don't crap. need to sugarcoat this. <laughs> yeah, you don't. You no, can, but it's so no weird to me because what's frustrating is I look at this show and I see all this stuff that works, right? And they just like, and it, to me, it all came down to the writing. Even like the yeah. goofy scenes. plenty of shows that have done Sitcom this. World. The yeah. bones are there for a good show. And the right. actors are good, and the chemistry is good with most of the cast. It's and just they put the, the money into it. It's an ABC uh, TGIF sitcom. You got the composers to like, you know, it's like everything's there. Like you have a good song in place. You have you got good actors in this, and then like, oh yeah, we forgot the most important thing is the writing, <laughs> and it just fouled up the whole show. And it was just like the idea that like such minor tweaks could have made this like a legitimately like good show. And what do you? What do you think happened between the Bewitched and uh, I Dream of Genie, and then this? Right, because it's like a, it's like what a thirty-year gap, right? How many in between those? And then Sabrina came out after. Well, yeah, way after. But I mean, was there any more supernatural in between the two, or was this show like one of the first that tried to do it again? Um, bring it back. I'm yeah. I'm sure if we were to, to really start doing our homework, which you know I don't have the time at the moment, we would find there was there's definitely not a 30 year gap without a witch show. But right, yeah, I wouldn't think so. But but the, I mean, in a popular culture too, in movies for sure, right? Like there's tons of witchcraft movies throughout yeah. that whole time. They're usually though are like dark and serious. But I don't know. Yeah, it's just, and I don't think it's just the the fact that they use witches. But I mean, Ferg's touched on it a lot. Just this not even understanding what a witch is. Right. Yeah. And I know, like, I know. hey, it's your property, right? You can, you, not everything has to be copy paste. You can put your spin on things. But, like, most of her 
powers and circumstances and you have to do which community service, but you're you're more of a genie to them. Like it just doesn't Yeah, it the just whole didn't thing make is sense. Just odd. The only thing about this show I maybe I'll say I'll save it for the Green Lighter cancel. I'll save it for that. Alright, well you know what? Let's just get right into the Green Lighter cancel and then because I don't want you to have to sit on that too long, Gordo, we'll just start with you. Okay. Well thank you, Jay. So this is a cancel. This is just straight up what? dog caca. What I was about to say was the only thing that makes me want to watch the show is I want to know what the fuck is the lore. Like, what the fuck are they thinking? What is the ethos? How does this witch exist in this world? That is the only thing I want to see, and I feel like I can get like a two-sentence explanation on wikipedia you guys have touched on it all throughout the episode almost every piece is there for a good show except the writing i i i don't know what else to say the the goofy uh, slow motion shit was just weird funny but not like funny haha funny like nelson um cancel nick yeah, it's a cancel. It's um, we touched on it, you know, just a few seconds ago. There's a green light hiding in this show somewhere, right? Because um, it was acted really well. I think the cast was, you know, it they they picked the right people for the cast. It's just it all goes back to the writing, which you need to have good writing to keep people interested. And I just I could not care less what happens in the second episode of this show. It's just so poorly put together and I can't watch it just I can't watch the train wreck. You know, I don't I don't care to watch that. Um uh it had potential, but there's not nearly enough there for me to give this a green light, so I'm sticking with a cancel. Fred. Yeah, I agree with the boys. Um has the bones of a good show. Terrible execution. Um plot was just full of holes. The mother's clearly dead, and fucking, she's an either guardian angel or a ghost or something. She's not a witch. It's just so much weird, random shit, and I cannot get behind a show where the main plot is a witch teaching a kid bowling. So hard cancel for me, but still not the worst show we've ever covered. It's every time you say it out loud, a witch teaches a kid to bowl is like the point to a show. It's insane, yeah. Joe. Look, I'm not going to go too deep on this. I think everybody said everything already, and we all said it for the past two hours. Obviously, this is a cancel. But for you, just something that kind of piqued my interest. This show, although I don't think it would have been good, you mentioned Guardian Angel. If this was a show like Highway to Heaven, where it's like Michael Landon goes every day and it's like Hallmarky and he helps people with their problems, like a, like a religious quantum leap scenario, it would make sense. It doesn't make sense for a witch to do any of this. And not 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 do anything really witchy ever. This is so fucking bad. I'm sorry. Yeah, this is not the worst thing we've covered. I will say, Homeboys in Outer Space is certainly worse than this Gordo, but this is such a cancel. Yeah. Um. I'm not planning to do anything shocking at this time. Uh, it's gonna be a cancel for me too. Again, and I went into this one like thinking that this was gonna be sneaky fun, and just like was a product of bad timing or something, but. I don't know. It's frustrating. You see like a lot of the right stuff's there and 
at some point, like who steps back, who's working on this project and being like, Hey, this, this dialogue's bad. And the story's bad. And this is an easy fix. And if there was an unaired pilot, what was that show? And what, like what notes went into it that they were like, yep, we nailed it now. Um, very interesting. <laughs> I would love to see the unaired pilot. I genuinely would yeah, love to see so, it. I mean, that was probably more about the cast change than anything, but probably. So I don't know. I think it's a little upsetting that the story was so weak. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not going to further elaborate. It's just a cancel. It's just not a great show. Real quick. Do you think if we had none of us remember the show at all, if we had any kind of nostalgia for it, do you think that would have changed our opinions? You know, because I don't think you would have been able to gain nostalgia from this because it was just so bad. You know, all the things we have nostalgia for were, you know, at one point, arguably decent to watch. Right. Like Perfect Strangers or something from this time. That was good. And it would have been something that, yeah. And like this was like not straight up a kid's show either. Like this was meant for like the whole family being on TGIF. Um, I would say, like, it'd be like watching Reading Rainbow right now, right? Like, from around the same time. You would have nostalgia for it because you remember watching it as a kid, but it's probably not fun to watch as an adult, to watch a 40-year-old. And we've we've had that happen when we've gone over some of the Nickelodeon shows we've covered and try to kind of go into that thinking, like, okay, Welcome Freshman was only really made for, like, 8-year-olds to watch, you know, like, Mm -hmm. in 10-year-olds. This show here was meant for, like, fun for the whole family. So, like, us watching it now in our later 30s at this point in time, like, we were also considered when the show was made. This show was, we were part of the audience that this was intended for. Yeah. So um, to watch it with fresh eyes now, like, yeah, maybe nostalgia would have helped if we had watched it back then. But I, I really just don't think it landed anywhere. Um, but with, with all that in mind. Can I, can I just make one point before we go? No, sorry. Good night, everyone. <laughs> no, 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 go ahead. Do you think that I... I... I'm not changing my my cancel, but I wonder if the second episode is better than the first. Do you, I wonder if they they worked out the kinks because everything else is in place but the writing. I wonder it's if it's a they pretty went, big kink. I don't know could, if they it, got new writers though, but yeah. you know it couldn't have gotten better because the show got canceled. It didn't get back to TGIF or anything. If it was if it got better, it would have. Been going for years. You know what? It was all dookie, no spooky. (laughs) True. Very true. You know, you, if you really want to know, I think the episode might be available on YouTube. You can go ahead and let us know. Yeah, somebody watch it and let us know because I don't think any of us are going to. Maybe Gordo might, but I I don't (laughs) think. That's the funny thing is Gordo's wondering, but he will not watch the second episode. Well, lucky he watched the first. So with all that in mind, (laughs) thank thank you to everyone who's listened to us talk about this show for so long. So I want to wrap it up right now. I want to thank all of you once again listening. Again, go to s1e1pod.com. That's where you can find all the links everywhere we can find us on social media. Again, sorry to free spirit, uh, zero out of five. You don't live on for another episode with us. But um, to all of you, again, hit us up. Instagram, X, formerly Twitter, s1e1pod. Let us know shows you want to cover, what you think of the show in general. Hit us up. If you have an idea for any cool theme months we can do, uh, we just did a back to school last month. and We always do this one for October. Let us know. But until then, we'll catch you again next week for our fourth and final episode of this month's spooky, dooky, Halloween-y, spectacular October block that we do. So um, see you then. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. I think we got the best, the kid in you.